What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show, Vintage and Stuff, with your host, Drew Heifetz. Today, I have Joe, a.k.a. Champagne Room with Sinatra, the most Boston IG name you can think of. This is actually a super, super epic episode. We had such an organic, great conversation. Didn't even get to all the notes that I had because the, the episode just flowed so well. Um, Obviously, most of you guys know him from the Faded Whatnot Lives. That show is crushing it. We get into all that. Um, it all started with the Faded actual physical show that they did last year. And there's another one coming up in September. We talk about that. We really go deep into his latest artist collaboration slash um, show for the upcoming Faded, which is Tannis Root. Tannis Root was responsible. It's a design firm design partnership is responsible for graphics like the heart shaped box lots of work with shonen knife lots of work with sonic youth just a really cool design firm and there's lots of talks about that the history there and all the art that they did for all these amazing t-shirts um we talk about his knowledge of vintage pricing because he does see so much from all these lives just a really great show joe's a great guy from rhode island and uh you Definitely, definitely want to listen to the whole episode. As you guys know, this is the free 45-minute version. If you want the full two-hour episode, all you got to do is jump on the Patreon and you get your seven-day free trial. So it is free. You don't even have to pay to get this full episode. Link is down below. Or if you want to subscribe or join, they call it, on here on YouTube, just go click join and you can also get the full episode right here on YouTube. Okay, guys? As always, thank you for supporting. Thank to all the Patreon members that are out there. You know, there's a few hundred on there now. I'm so stoked you guys are supporting. I'm so stoked you guys are finding so much value in the full two-hour episodes. And I know a lot of you guys out there that are watching this 45-minute version are just waiting, waiting, hesitant to get on the Patreon or join here on the YouTube. What are you waiting for? It ends up after the free seven-day trial. So you get this episode for free anyway. After the free seven-day trial, it only costs you $1.25 an episode. That's like an hour and 15 minutes of entertainment for a dollar, actually two hours of entertainment slash education for $1.25. So Click the link down below, get on the Patreon, or join here on YouTube. If not, enjoy the free version, the free 45-minute version. Other ways you can support this show is by shopping FSNFrankVintage.com. Link is down below. Get 30% off with code VTGN stuff. That is also down below in the show notes. Not gonna bore you any longer. Enjoy this episode. I enjoyed recording it with Joe. Great conversation. Enjoy. Joe, welcome to the show. Drew, happy to be here. <laughs> What's up, man? 
Thank you. AKA Champagne Room with Sinatra, uh, which is which is very much the most Rhode Island kind of name you could have as an Instagram handle. Yeah, well, I'm from Boston, but it's definitely a New Englander. It is a New England name. I wanted something that wasn't uh, Vintage Kid 52 or, you know, I don't know. Well, you did, you did well. It's very, it's very Italian, very like, um, you know, speakeasy mobster kind of vibes with your Instagram name there. Well, the, the, the great part is it's often, you know, there's a lot of authenticity behind it because I am a 100% Italian, whatever the fuck that means anymore. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, awesome. I mean, stumbled upon it, man. It was it was just <laughs> something that came to me. And, nice. uh, I'm happy it did. Uh, okay, so we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to jump into um, your work with Faded. I was at the first event, very cool event. We're going to jump into the Faded Lives that have been going off now for, geez, it seems like at least like close to a year almost. Forever, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about... <laughs> Uh, some work you're doing with artists, curating cool shows for the show. Want to talk about your work you do at your restaurant because you also work and and help run the family restaurant, correct? That is own uh, co-owner of a restaurant, which is co-owner. pretty surreal. Pretty surreal. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, but let's just start it off as we do about sort of how you came to be in this crazy world of vintage. Um, and I, I know that you're not really the typical sort of thrifter. So a lot of people come into this game yeah. like, I started thrifting and da da da, or yeah. you know. But I want to hear your story of how you came to be in the yeah. world. The classic origin story. We all have one. I uh, yeah. mine's a little bit different for sure. So I was, uh, I grew up in like uh, punk rock scene, hardcore scene, music. So I did that for a long time. So the reason I still wear band tees is because I've been wearing them since I was like. 10 years old, you know, since the early MTV days of turning on and watching bands like, uh, I dare I say it now, like Limp Biscuit or those, that was like my early Blink-182 and stuff. So I started playing music, touring and um, on the tours and stuff, you know, once in a while you pick up like a shirt at a thrift store or something like that, you know, to, to wear or whatever. But yeah, um, the real hardcore like obsession with it actually came six six, seven years ago um, when I walked into Metropolis Vintage. So um, I researched, Vin I was with my friend Vinny, researching Vinny, classic Italian fucking yeah. name too. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> uh, I was researching vintage uh, shops in the area of Manhattan, and this was when they were at their old store. Um, so showed up and dude... To someone, to, if you walk into a store like that, which I'm sure you, I don't, have you been there before? Yeah, I was there actually on the trip that I came to see Faded. Oh, right. So if you walk in there, you're like, what the fuck, man? It's wall to wall from the ceiling to the floor with vintage or whatever. So um, that was such a new thing to me or whatever. And back then it was just yeah. band t-shirts. I didn't look at them as like, I didn't know anything about single stitching, um, tags, what a t you know, any of that stuff. So. I'm walking around the store, and uh, on the top, top shelf is a Cro-Mags Age of Coral shirt from 1986. So it's like a big hardcore band that I, I love. And I'm like, hey, man, can I, can I look at that shirt? And, like, you know, the dude's like, uh, this kid has no idea what he's get, getting himself in for. So he grabs, like, the pole, takes it down. Right? And he, uh, I'm like, how much is it? He looks at the tag, uh, $950. I go, uh, <laughs> you know, so my, my jaw like dropped. I'm like, 
okay, can I like, I'll look at it or whatever. And then I'm like, I, I didn't want to be like, dude, put that back on the shelf. Like, there's no way I can buy that right now. But um, that was like an eye opening moment to me where vintage wasn't just like, um, just like secondhand cheap clothes. It was like this crazy high end market where people can actually like appreciate this stuff deeper. Cause like, obviously you're going to price a shirt at $900 because there's not many of them, the historical value behind it, maybe the band, whatever. Um, Chromags is a New York band. So they're in New York city. So it's a little bit more resonates a little bit more. So, um, that was the eye opener. And then it was eBay grilled, anything you could imagine way too much time of the day looking at this stuff. So yeah, that was my, so you actually, yeah, that's awesome. It's cool to to hear because a lot of times it goes the other way and you see, you know, in this business, we love to bash on people for like not knowing the bands on the shirts that they're wearing, but your intro into it was the opposite where you actually wanted it for the band and then realized, holy shit, there's something more here to this than than just uh, me wanting to wear it. A band on a shirt and then and six years ago this was like there was no scene either there was no like i mean you were around obviously because you've been in the business forever and there was plenty of those people around but it wasn't like this huge internet bubble yeah. bursting at, for the pandemic so back then it was like the shirts were a lot cheaper which was sick like i could get like a really cool shirt for like 30 20 30 bucks at that time and that was kind of a, a good amount of money you know um yeah, Pretty and you think too that so going into that store back then, nine hundred dollars shirt on the wall is kind of rare. Like there wasn't nearly as many thousand dollar shirts as there are now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many of the thousand dollar shirts that we're buying today were like a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks. So yeah, yeah. That I'm, was a big I'm so excited. Uh, we'll definitely get into pricing at some point because that's one thing lately that's just been boiling. Oh, you know, boiling my blood. But yeah, so I, <laughs> so yeah. I, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So, so t- I did. Uh, well, while we're on the subject of your origins, I want to jump into yeah. it because you talk about you, your life in music, right? And yeah. you are a musician and you toured yourself, right? So at this time, yeah. like you're actually touring with your band. Yep. Yeah, so not my, so my band was more like we played really my personal music. We played like big gigs in, in Boston, like not huge gigs, but like, you know, the um, not Paradise, the uh, Brighton Music Hall, which is like a 600-person cap, 700-person cap, excuse me, cap, the Middle East Club, which is like a legendary rock club. I used to play those all the time. My touring came from like small weekends and stuff with hardcore bands. So I would be, so that a cool parallel to t-shirts, I would be selling the shirts, you know, at the booths and stuff. And uh, why people liked me and why bands like to take me out is because most merch guys, when the next time you go to a show, Drew, like a small show if you go to one, yeah. you'll see some of the guys on their phones like this. Yeah, you know, what do you want, man? Okay, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like that type of attitude. I would be like the yeah. smiling, you know, handshaking. Thank you very much for – like the whole sale. I've been a uh, – right out of college, I hated it and I'll never go back to corporate life. But I did um, sales for a, a minute. So like I know how to talk to people and I know how to appreciate – that these people, even if it's 20 bucks are like investing in us. So, uh, they loved having me come out too. So like, I was always kind of into t-shirts, even if they weren't like old t-shirts, uh, pretty much my whole life. So yeah, it's pretty crazy when you go to a show, obviously everyone's been to a show and you go, you know, after the show, the mooch birth, just the merch booth gets fucking slammed and you're lined up. And and I guess that these people just don't give a fuck. Cause they're like, I'm going to sell shirts no matter what. I don't have to be nice, but 
I, I like this segue into, into sales because sales is a very important thing. If anybody watching this probably is in sales because we most of us run our own businesses, but they don't think it like it that way. They think that like the product sells itself. Yes, some product sells itself, but then a lot of product doesn't sell itself. And no. Sales is like so fucking important. And this weekend I was at an event and I was working with one of my guys, Sawyer, shout out Sawyer. And we're like, we're talking about sales and, you know, I started to think about it deeper. My dad is crazy. You met my dad. Oh, uh, we'll talk about him because he, <laughs> uh, I know I'm still inspired by a lot of things he said when I sat with you guys at that table and we talked to you. Wow, that's great. Uh, if you don't know who Drew's dad is, watch the two podcasts or three podcasts he has on. He is, um, I would call your dad the, the godfather or the OG or the first ever to do it. So it's pretty inspiring. Um, and I'm ha- again, I'll thank you, Drew, for being here because it's cool to be able to, to rub shoulders with you guys because it's you're you're it, man, for sure. Yeah, well, I, you know? I appreciate that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I my dad was at this event and he had a different booth because he does his own thing. And, and I want to we'll talk for sales for a minute, but it's 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 interesting. My dad is so fucking good. Like their mentality is like a proactive attack. <laughs> sales mentality where they're like we're going to get everybody here to come in our booth and we're going to talk to them you know what i mean we're not going to wait for someone to come in the booth and like and then talk to them it's like no we're going to like actively get them in the booth then we're going to like engage them and then we're going to make sure that they don't leave the booth without buying something yeah where and it's they look at it like a by any means necessary type thing like they're gonna they're gonna make it fucking happen and, they, and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of people in the game, they'll be like, oh, you know, wait for someone to come in the booth, maybe engage with them. Maybe like, um, uh, you know, they're looking for something. They're not really helping. I don't know. It's like, it's like a backseat approach. There's proactive sales and there's reactive sales. Right. So like, yeah. give me your take on sales. And, you know, you said you were good at it in these merch booths. And like, what are your thoughts yeah. and tips on well, I would say never – when someone walks into your booth, don't act like um, they owe you. They don't owe you, man. You have your stuff up. And if you if you are putting your stuff up in a booth, you want to sell the fucking shit. You're not just there to like display it like it's cool. If you're at a vintage event, you want to sell the shirts. So don't work with your, your people. Like if someone comes up and is really nice to you – I've seen people – I've seen it actively. People come up and be really nice to the person selling and then just be like, hey, man. So, and it's like, dude, like if that was me, I'd walk the fuck out of your booth in two seconds. And I would, I wouldn't buy anything drew off the principle of that. And I really only do business with people. Um, I like, I will shout this dude out because internationally, I think he's one of the coolest people to deal with, uh, the vintage Ubex. So Gerald, have you ever dealt, dealt with Gerald before? Um, I can't have, recall that Dave. No. Okay. If you haven't. This is just an example, and I'm, I hope he appreciates me shouting him out. He's very respectful. He cares about the pieces that he sells. So it's not just like he knows he knows about them. And for sales, if you know about your products too, Drew, that's it for me. Like you don't have to love every band, but lately I've been seeing in the scene people putting prices on shit. And I'll be like, oh, dude, so like how would you get to that price? Like that's – if it's way off, like I kind of like, I know the thing and they, I don't think yeah. they do. I'm, I'm like, uh, how'd you get to that price? Oh, well, you know, th- you know, this is a cool band. And like, they just go into this like springboard of use of information that has nothing to do 
with the product and you just think like, I can't give this kid the price for this. Like he just comped it on grailed and he's coming a little bit underneath what the, the comp on grailed is. Like he doesn't know shit about this product. So I would say it was impossible to know all your products. Of course, yeah. But like at least be able to, the ones that you're putting these ultra huge prices on, if you don't know about them or know why the subject matter is this expensive, like um, I'm wearing a Shonen Knife t-shirt I just got from Tannis. We'll go to them way later, like later or yeah, whatever, but, totally. but it's contextual to this. I'm pretty sure there was only like 150 of these ever produced. So meaning like that's rare, man. You know what I mean? They only produce these on yeah. like the because they're a Japanese band and they own that um, Kurt Cobain essentially like championed them over here to do like some opening tours because he really liked the band. So they only printed a certain amount of these in the United States, which denotes the fact that it's fucking hot, hard to get. These shirts are hard to come by. There's my value, you know, and I'm not going to charge a fucking price that's annoying to like, this is $3,000. It's like, why? Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you want someone to buy it. Like, you know, that's, yeah. but the, that's my sales take on it is just the idea of be kind to your people because especially if they're giving you thousands of dollars, like I have just personal people that I sell to now because I really, um, I like to sell direct to collector. So, uh, cause I am one. So I, um, I'll go to them first. They get top priority. They pay the price. Yeah. They're super kind and nice to me. Uh, and they appreciate me. So those are the pr- first people. I yeah, I, I think knowing your product and knowing you knowing your product is super important. And then also knowing, like, again, like you said, it's impossible to know all your product. If you have a booth of a thousand pieces, you're not going to, like, know some history lesson on every piece. No. But at least, like, at least, like if, especially if it's a high-end piece, you want to have some info on it. But also, like you said, when people come into the booth, you you want to make a connection with them. And you don't want to, you don't want to, like, judge someone by like their initial look, right? Because Never. you could have some guy who comes in and you're like, this guy's not going to buy nothing. He's looking for a $5 shirt. When in reality, that could be the guy who's spending a thousand dollars on a shirt. Oh, and the only way yeah. to know that is to like, take the time to make a connection with someone and have a conversation and treat everybody like they could be that thousand dollar buyer so that you open up the dialogue and like, um, make a connection. I think that that's super important yeah. in sales. Well, they can event. Think about it like this, y'all. Someone that comes in and spends thirty bucks can eventually be your one thousand dollar purchaser because over time, maybe maybe they're this is their first time at a vintage show. They're walking in and they're they might be a affluent ish person, but might not look that way. So you're like, at first, they're not going to dive into a thousand dollar t shirt. Why would they? It makes no fucking sense. You know what I mean? If this is yeah. your first time, you might be overpaying. Blah 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 blah. But they stop buying, they buy a $30 t-shirt from you. They really like you. Okay. Well now you have something for 200 bucks and they really love the subject matter. Maybe they buy that t-shirt and then eventually you have this one of a kind item and it's their favorite band. They're going to spend it. Like, dude, I, I love this, this, this industry. I'm going to call it an industry. I'm tired of this fucking community shit. It's cool. <laughs> I like I that. But it's a, it's a, it's we're an industry now. Like, like it's, you know, there's different facets of it. There's different people in it um, that do different things. It's an industry. That's why faded's more of a convention. That's like, it's great for selling, great for buying, great for learning. It's every, it's everything. But, um, you know, I got out on, on, on a tangent. But yeah, no, this that, is. I, I agree. Like you're talking yeah. about. Um, 
and 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 that and that speaks to like longevity. Like you should always be thinking long term. It's not about that singular day, maybe, or that that moment in time with that one customer. It's like I've been in business for twenty years, so now I'm. I mean, I've I've known this for a long time. Twenty years, really starting to see. I'm starting to see like the goodwill that we've built over time, right? Like I could literally like take a back seat, go away for a year, keep my store running, and people will still come based on the work we've done over the last twenty years, right? And that's a beautiful thing. And that's the same with like building your customer base and like, and, and nurturing that. Cause you do like, even during the pandemic, when we were, me and Kirby were doing lives, right? Like we had I love Kirby. Core, love him. Yeah. He's we had guy. a core base of uh, customers that were so fucking loyal. It was crazy. Like every week we would be like sending shirts to the same group of people. And that was so amazing to see how, rad and loyal these people were so yeah that's, shout out it's funny you mentioned that you can go into that and talk about sales is that's what faded show like our, our whatnot show dude it's probably 15 elite buyers and then a lot of great casual buyers that just like to to watch us and i'm not an average show like i'm entertaining i'm a smart ass i like comedy i grew up loving stand-up comedians like george carlin richard pryor blah 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 uh, even some new ones, some really great new ones. But I am a smartass. Like I troll people, I goof around. Like it's it's about entertainment when you do, when you're at that level of doing it six yeah, times totally. a week. Because if not, it's just oh another shirt, oh another shirt, and like you'll have dedicated people that just want to buy. But I have people now on whatnot that just want to fucking laugh, which is cool, and 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 they keep tuning in, and the numbers get bigger because of that. Um, you know, that's important yeah. too, for sure. Hell yeah. Love that. Um, so we'll get into Faded next here. I just want to finish up this conversation about like your time on the road. We kind of jumped into sales. But do you have any cool stories from being the merch merch dude on tour or any yeah, tour uh, stories you can share? Pretty, pretty goofy ones. Like I was in Canada one time and I sold merch for the entire night with my shirt off. I was so drunk, dude. I was just like <laughs> – like, and I ended up – this is a funny one. So the same night uh, – after the gig, I went on a tour, a small tour with a band that I really loved when I was really young. So it was rad to tour with them and be like cool with them and stuff like that. They were a band called Bury Your Dead. So um, hardcore band or whatever. So um, I'm playing fucking uh, CeeLo in the, in the parking lot with them after the gig. We're drinking out of like fucking uh, not 40s, but like like the not nips but like the bigger flask type of whiskeys yeah. and stuff dude i had i i guess i was so drunk uh that i don't remember this but i checked into the hotel with like my shirt off my shoes off like basically like in my underwear and like the woman like let us stay there dude we you know we, i don't know why she didn't just i'm say, surprised like, they're like we it, don't dude. serve homeless here yeah no. that's what i mean you know and i'm a heavily um if anybody meets me, I'm a heavily tattooed person, so I have like a full front, a full back, like like I definitely look like uh, you know, don't look like Leave It to Beaver by any by any stretch of the imagination. But that was a funny tour story. I mean, it's usually just about me. Uh, like I partied a lot in my twenties, so it's about like you know yeah. party stories and crazy stuff. But uh, life on the road, man, life on the road. But you know it. I mean, you, the cool part is, is and why it was so easy to come from music to here 
is it's the same fucking people. It's like this, it's half of them are drummers or musicians half the year. And then this is their side gig to make some extra money while they're off to like Frank, my friend, Frank, FTTW, whatever the hell is fucking handle is he uh yeah yeah no he we does all know that frank. Too. shout out frank yeah yeah but he does he, that too he, and he's you know? he's back on tour now right after yeah uh, i mean after certain, COVID, he's doing his thing yeah certain people can never let that go like i know some road dog people that like it's their whole it's their identity and i respect that about them you know it wasn't mine like i love uh now taking trips for vintage via plane via certain types of comforts that like I don't want to sleep in a van anymore or my back's killing me because I've literally driven like 13 hours and, you know, that type of shit. Just like getting home at like 4 or 5 a.m. Like it's not not my thing anymore. 33 now. Yeah. I interrupt this episode to bring you a very special announcement. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, if you are having a good time, if you are liking hearing Joe talk all the shit, then you need to go jump on the Patreon right now for your free seven-day trial. Click the link down below, get on there, or join right here on YouTube. Without further ado, let's get back to the episode. I don't know if uh, I'd be doing much as sleeping in the car anymore, although although hitting the road in any capacity is still, I think everybody could agree that it's like one of the best things, just like hitting the road on a, on a trip, on an adventure, you need it. Feeling. It's it's yeah. it's inspiring a lot of times. I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to me. Um, specifically in my other business, is I get inspired by my travels. Like I meet the right person. Um, you know, Chloe and I travel a lot together now. We eat at this crazy restaurant, or we go to this crazy store that like we're like, holy shit! Like maybe we should take inspiration to model stuff, or you know, we see a sign out on the street that like. Uh, inspires us to like work on our graphic art stuff that we do too and shit. So it's like you need to travel. If I'll tell that to anybody you do, by yeah. any means, you human beings need to travel because if you stay in this little bubble or your hometown your whole fucking life, you'll become closed minded. You won't be open to the world. Like, and you, you know, you, you'll, uh, I guess, funny word, curate your mind to think only in that specific way as opposed to being open to everything. I try to be open to everything. You know, all the time. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, there's some, I've, I've read too, like even changing the way you drive to work, we drive to work the same, like everyone, I mean, if you have a job, you Good drive time. to work or say you're, say you're driving to the bins, like the same route every day, just like change the route and see something different opens up different pathways in your brain. And I've read about this and it's the same theory when you're traveling, you're seeing different things, you're being inspired, you're starting to think differently. You're seeing how people in different places think differently because we get, like you say, boxed in, pigeonholed into like this thinking that the way it is here in our bubble is the way it is everywhere. Maybe when in reality, exactly. like, the whole, the whole world's thinking a different way. And then when you start to see that it really opens you up and I, I, I want to like take my family like around the world for a year and like literally have my kids like live with certain people to like feel that at a young age so that they can like, cause I, we went to school in the States and yeah. Canada, right? So Vermont, I got to right? see like, Were you Vermont? yeah, Vermont. So that was a big eye opener. Just, just, just that little thing of being in a Canadian school and then being in American school, like you, you, you realize, holy shit. There's a lot more to it out there than what we thought. And so yeah, I think you're I mean, right. People need to travel. 
Yeah, a lot of what I do too, and I do donate from time to time. I'll do auctions to donate for human. A lot of my shit has to do with like human rights, respect for others. You know, I'm very, uh, you know, anti-racism, anti-homophobia, whatever. But it's because I've been out there and met these people and been around these type of people. And I've realized like we're all the fucking same, dude. No matter who, where you come from, we, we all fucking bleed, have emotions, feel things, blah, blah, blah. But that helps in my that helps in vintage too. Think about it like that. Like if you want, if someone will go right back again back to the sales. If someone walks into your booth and you prejudge them, the sales over, dude. Right before that happens, like because you've already made made up your mind, like um, like this person's either not going to buy anything or whatever. Or it could go the opposite way. You they look like they got a lot of money, and then you're jumping over to them and scaring them away. They're like, I don't want to fucking talk. Like, this this guy just wants to take my money. Like, I'm good with this guy. So treat everybody the same exact way, and I think you'll be happy with the results. I mean, it, I, yeah. it's happened to me. I love that. Time. Yeah. You know, one time I was uh, – my buddy Pete, who was actually the last episode, my homeboy Pete that I went on that trip with. He, oh, he looked – he was uh, a cool – the guy with the beard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was far out, man. That dude was cool. I was yeah. watching some of that. Pete's rad, and he's like my my childhood best bud. Grew up skateboarding together. We've been friends our whole lives. He came to Rose Bowl. He's been a few times, and he came one time and was hanging out, and I was like having like kind of a grumpy, shitty day. We and all he have He said man. something to me. We, yeah, for sure. He said something. He's like, I forget exactly what the context was, but he was like, dude, like you have one day. Like, this is it. Like, the Rose Bowl is one day a month. Like, you have this moment now to, like, do your thing, and then it's over. Like, you can you can make it awesome, or you can fucking be in a grumpy, shitty mood, and it'll suck. And I was like, fuck. And I, I always think about that now whenever I have these these events or whatever going on, or just in a day, any day situation, because you're like, you have to choose to be like, I'm going to make this great. I'm going to make this good. I'm going to give this my Period. full attention, give everyone the love they deserve. And, and that is a choice and go out there and fucking have fun, make people's day, make people happy. Um, and it like that, that one thing I think about all the time, shout out Pete again. He, he just like, it was a simple thing he said, but it's like one of those epiphany moments where I was like, fuck you. You got to make that choice, you know? Yeah, I actually just – it's funny you said that. I just – I've been super into that new show, The Bear. Well, it's the second season of it. Have you heard of the show, the restaurant show? No. You really should watch it. It's probably one of the most fantastic shows I've seen in years and years. But there was just an episode on it where um, the line of this restaurant that the dude was staging at was every second counts. And that's what they talked a lot about of like – people are like – because in these higher, higher end restaurants, Drew, these people were, they dedicate their whole life to it. Like it's yeah. every second of the day is like, and the guy was like, why do you work so hard? Like, why do you, cause he goes, they, he said, cause they come here. So like we make their day when they come here, like and giving back in that way and understanding that, like you said, that one smile or one, like, how you doing, man? I'm Joe or I'm Drew. Like, it's super nice to meet you. Thanks for shopping the booth or whatever. Um, they, they're going to leave that booth and be like, wow, man, I really like that guy. Like I want to follow him or I want to, you know, next time he's, I didn't, I didn't buy anything this time, but next time if I do have money, that's the first booth I'm going to. Cause, uh, I want to get something from it. Like I have customers that just, I, that I, I'm, I like them and they like me and they buy from me because that's it. They'll pay the extra couple bucks that they won't give somebody else because I respect them. You know, I look them in the eye, I shake their hands if I buy from them in person. Um, 
when I was at Tannis's, like I'm telling them all the time, like Barbara and Bill, like, thank you for, for all this hard work you put in and this art you created because kids now my age are like so appreciative of it. And they spend days and nights trying to find these designs that you created. So they were super humbled by it. You know what I mean? And that's full circle on it. Like that's how you should, I'm this, and I'm not no fucking motivational guy. It's like, get out there, get strong. Like, I'm not going there with it, but I, you know, cause that's too, too much pressure to be that type of person. I, I do yoga every day, but I'm not like a yogi guy or any, you know, I'm like peace, love, harmony, but I am uh, a, a self-respect, like a respectful person in the fact of I respect other people and I try my best to uh, be polite when I can be, you know, don't be impolite for no fucking reason. No one likes that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's it's very it's very easy. It's very easy and it's very important and it can it can simply make somebody's day. And like you said, like you're telling that person how important their work was to a generation. And like a lot of people might think like they already know that, right? They already know that, they already understand that, but really they might not. They might not know and and they didn't, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And who doesn't want to fucking hear that, even if they already knew that anyway, right? You're like, that's um and I think about that a lot. I've done a lot of like deep work in the last few years and I've gone back sort of into my life and looked at people that like maybe I didn't end well with or like there was things left unsaid or there Reflected. wasn't closure. And I've – yeah, and I've literally gone back and been like, yo, I just want to reach out. Like that thing we did back in the day was super important to me. And I don't know if I ever like told you how much it meant to me and shit like that where you're like it makes – I mean, obviously, it's it was more for me to like let them know that I appreciated what was going on, and you know, you don't when you're young, you definitely don't think about that shit a lot. You're like, yeah. Well, I want to say first and foremost, Drew, that's amazing because I do similar shit like that too. You know, I hate to burn a bridge. I hate. I don't need people to like me by any means, but I don't want someone to dislike me by an action that I made towards them if that makes if that makes sense so it's good that you reflected on that and it's great to talk about this because these fucking young pretentious nerds that think that like that like when you're nice to them look at this guy you know what i mean like what a loser you know what i mean i that attitude for i don't want to blame the young kids like it's all young kids that do this shit but because there's plenty of older folks that do it but that shit's gotta go dude you want change in the world and the in the community it starts with fucking you you know, the people who preach that shit all the time and then are rude to like the person at Starbucks or whatever, you're the problem, man. Like, like you don't even look in the mirror. Like it's you that's yeah. the problem sometimes. Like it's not everybody else, you know? So, you know, our community, our, our industry sometimes has people too that say really derogatory things to other people and stuff. And then they act like they are entitled to say that or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you're not, man. And the thing about the world now is we don't we don't like sit back and take that shit. Like if you say, you know, homophobic things, derogatory things to human beings, you're going to be dealt with because we don't want it anymore. It's over, dude. Like I don't I don't care enough to continue to spread that negativity into the world. It's got to go. Got to go, Drew. So it's good that you. There you go, man. I, it makes me feel good because I'm the same way as you, where I go back sometimes. If I haven't even talked to somebody in a while and say like, hey, man, just hope everything's going well. Because you grow apart. There's nothing you can do. We just grow apart from yeah, people. Of course. There's too many people in the world. Your interests aren't the same. I have plenty of friends that I haven't seen in years. 
just because it just it doesn't work anymore. Like, but you should let them know that you're still yeah. thinking about them and they impact you in that way. Yeah, and like we are, it, there's there's circumstances that happen that we are maybe are out of our control and we leave things we leave things in a in a weird way or whatever it is. But I'm just I think this is a good good topic and I. You know, I just want to give a little challenge out there to everybody. Like if there's something in your past that you, you still – if because most of those things that we think that – we think it's like just helping the person we're going to go tell. But in reality, it's it's closure that like we need, right? So if yes. you have something that's unclosed in your own brain, it's actually affecting you long term because you're still thinking about it. You know that it wasn't left right. Like go go out there, get closure, tell someone that something was important or you're sorry for something that happened or whatever it is it really will change like how, you know, it'll let you be free from that to move forward. So. Yeah. Honestly to do was always my policy. Cause I hate like things weighing on me. You know what I mean? I like telling people, I don't tell, I tell people the way it is, but I'm not like mean. like, I'm not just like going to make fun of you or whatever, but I'm going to be honest with you and looking at it and say like, this is, and I think people respect that about like, don't lie or be untruthful. Tell people, you know, be real with people, real, yeah. like we say nowadays. <laughs> but that's a cool thing to reflect on. I like, yeah. I like, uh, I like this topic because it's. I feel yeah. like you know we're off the fucking t-shirts for a second there, or the, the clothing. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, that's the- how this show goes. You know, you never know what topic we're going to stumble upon randomly, and that's where yeah. we ended up. Well, that's how I but, started uh, with Jace. You know. That's how I started. Okay, my so podcast. let's yeah. Okay, let's let's talk about coffee and Jay. So yeah, you guys kind of took a break and you came back recently, or is that where did you never take a break? We never fully took a break. What happened was is we start. I met Jeremy because uh, he was doing all these open lives, and I had no idea about this whole scene or vintage thing on the internet. And I remember being super fucking nervous the first time I got on there, and I'm like, holy shit, like. Everyone's watching me. At that point, I think he was, he had like 20 viewers. You know what I mean? Like, what am I – I've played in front of thousands of people. What do I care? So yeah. um, so I hopped in. We became buddies right away. Like, I liked the dude. Like, he was cool. And then Jacob popped in one, day, one morning with Jeremy and I because Jeremy and I started doing like these morning talks where like – we wouldn't really sell a bunch of stuff. We would just like, I'd sell like two or three things and we'd shoot the shit for an hour. Jacob popped in who I know, you know, Jacob single stitch club who is yep. like, I'm telling you, man, that dude too is just a wholesome, nice, a great person. Like he is a fucking hard worker and you know, became a good friend of mine, but we had these really unreal conversations. We started with like party stories and our numbers started to grow. Like more people would stay in the live the longer and, and enjoy what we had to say and participate in the comment section and stuff like that. So we met and we're like, dude, pandemic's still like full swing. Like we don't really have jobs. Like, do you want to just try to do this every day? And they were like, yeah, like for them and me, it became therapy during a really tough time in my life where our, Um, I had a bunch of like kind of traumatic stuff happen to me during the pandemic, uh, that, you know, I just don't want to go into, but, um, and essentially it helped me build. And the person who really pushed me to even do those things in the first place is Chloe, who I think, uh, you know, who she hit it off with your dad really liked her a lot. They had really good conversations that faded. Um, so she was basically like, I had all this stuff in my closet and she motivated me to be like, Hey man, 
I shouldn't say hey man, but uh, hey <laughs> Joe, I, I think uh, I think you should um, I think you should share some of this stuff with people. Like I think you should sell it and like show people what you have. And you know, I love you, so I think you should sh- like like I think people would like hearing what you have to say. So she pushed me into it, and that's how we met Jeremy. And then we did and Jacob. We did one episode a day for two hours. It was ten to twelve five days a week for almost an entire year. So think about the amount of talking, dude, that happened. We'd bring on new guests. We'd do games. We'd we'd do when blind bid thing was cool for a little while or like popular for a little while. We'd do the blind bid thing on Fridays to sell. It became this like weird punk rock. Like to me, it was punk rock, like subculture, community, whatever, where – we were making people would reach out to me and be like, thank you for doing this. I was, I've been going through a lot. I had a family member just die. I'm having a really hard time. And, and, uh, you make my day a little bit better. And like, dude, to me, that was all I fucking needed. Like, I don't give a shit about, it's not a popularity contest to me. I don't give a fuck about how how many people think I'm cool to me. That type of stuff is all, is all I needed. So that really kept me going. And, and Jeremy and Jacob, that kept us going during it. So it was cool, man. It was fun. Now we do it like once. Yeah, a that's, that, that's awesome. I remember coming on during that pandemic period, having a great chat with you guys. <clears throat> and, uh, I tuned in all, you know, quite often and it's, it was, uh, it's cool. It's amazing that you guys were able to do it so consistently for so long. Like that's a yeah. big, big, big commitment, you know? Yeah, we were, and the thing I think people liked about us is how authentic we were. We wanted to be there because we wanted to be there. We weren't, no one made us do that. You know, that wasn't like, like we weren't fueled by some company that's like, we need you to do the show. No, dude, this was all, I made sacrifices around my my life to be like, Coffee and Jay's 10 to 12, have to do it. I don't care. Like, you know, I said no to friends and, you know, oh, I can't go out too late tonight. Cause I gotta, you know, I gotta do the show in the morning and be up and, and do it. And I have done it hungover. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah. no, that's, we, we that's really cool. And, and those are like good friends that were made through the industry, through the industry and, uh, that you never had probably met until like later after sort of hanging with them online a bunch. Right. Yeah. We we neglect that too, Drew. We, you walk by somebody every day that you probably have something in common with. I'm not telling you to talk about to everybody on earth, but if someone sits next to you hypothetically at a bar and they start being nice to you, if you're having your own private conversation, I understand that and just say, you know, hey, oh, nice to meet you and go back to what you're doing. But don't be like, you know what I mean? Because you might be sitting next to the fucking CEO of, of Goodwill or whatever, that like or whatever vintage thing you're doing. Um, in any way, or the seat, or you might be sitting next to someone that can help impact your life positively, um, and you don't even know it. So start yeah. fucking being cool, man. It's not that hard, everybody. <laughs> it's super easy. Yeah, and I also yeah. believe that uh, I totally agree with that. And again, this is something that I have to continually remind myself because I don't always take advantage of that that mentality, and I think it's important because not even just someone that might help your your industry or your business, but someone that might just become your good friend, you know, like oh, yeah. on any, on any level. And in today's world, I notice like mental health, anxiety, all these things are like so rampant, right? Because we're failing to Crazy. like 
get out there with people and make those connections, be authentic with people. And it's, it's a muscle, right? Like it's a tool, it's a muscle to be able to have a random authentic conversation with someone. And if you don't use it, you fucking lose it. You know? You're obviously Period. great at it. Uh, yeah. But a lot of people aren't. And that's where those social anxieties come from. So people, people will often be have stories about themselves and say like, I'm just not a good people person. I'm just not good at that. I'm just not good at that. Yeah. No. Well, how do you fucking become good at it? You got to practice it just like anything, like a sport, you know, you got to You're a snowboarder. Do you think it. you were good at snowboarding? Like you were like a, an Olympics or whatever, like professional snowboarder off the bat. No time, effort, a lot of fucking commitment made you what you are. And that makes anybody what they are. Like the fact that you think you're just going to walk in and be the most social butterfly in the room. You know, I've been nervous. I'm nervous sometimes in social situations. It's not easy meeting, totally, especially influential people that you admire. Like I've had a great, like, um, quick, real quick story. I became really friendly and I consider him a friend with Sean Taggart. So did all the Cro-Mag stuff, all the jerky boy stuff. You met Sean, I think it. Yeah, faded. that was awesome. Uh, he was in my favorite documentary of all time, American Hardcore. He is the nicest, sweetest uh, dude on earth. And um, he, I think, respects me because I respect him. And, you know, I put a showcase through Faded on his work that I think a lot of people didn't forgot about. You know what I mean? So I've had moments where I'm sitting there and this Tannis Root one was one. And I'm like, holy fucking shit, dude. Like, like how the fuck did I get here? Like, how did I get this opportunity? It was from talking to people and being kind to other people that's the full circle dude you don't just get it there's very few yeah. people in life that just get it from being this really talented person that everyone wants to be around most people get it from hard work dedication and really showing the world like i want to be here like i care about this this is my thing so yeah, yeah that's dude i love these totally. conversations i kill yeah. so i just i just think if you if, if you're out there and you're like i'm i can't be that person you got to change that story for yourself and you gotta you gotta just practice it it's take take little baby steps you know and like go have a random conversation with somebody on the street and then have another one and have another one and eventually it becomes a normal thing and you're not nervous anymore just like me doing the show or say you were nervous for the coffee jays it's like that those nerves go away and then you're able to take on a bigger thing you know and then you're able to be in front of more people and that's the only way to do it it's just practice yeah. you know? that's why this seems cool too in this industry, whatever, we're all pretty much like-minded. We all like shirts or clothing or the cult, the subculture behind them. Like we're not, it's easy. Like we all have shit in common. So if you're at a vintage event, walk the fuck up to me or walk up to Drew and say, you don't have to like, you know, maybe we're busy. We can't, I can't talk to you forever, but I would love to say, you know, Hey man, super nice to meet you. Thank you for coming and spending your time here and stuff like that. Don't be like shy. Like, you know, I can't talk to this dude or whatever, or maybe, you know, he's going to be mean to me. I don't, I do that for people like who I admire. I walk up to them and I say, Hey, like I really, I ended up sitting, standing next to it, um, at Brimfield. Um, do you know, uh, what the fuck is his name? I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but did you ever see the hateful eight, the movie, the hateful eight? Yeah. Uh, or justified. <laughs> um, I think his name's Tim. He's the dude at the end that makes it all the way to the end, the southern dude with the big smile or whatever. 
okay. I forget. Can't okay, whatever. Moment, but... Guy's standing next to me at fucking Brimfield. And, like, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I love this guy's movies. Like, he's really cool. Um, and I know you don't really want to approach a celebrity and be like, <gasps> you know what I mean? But, I like, he's standing next to me. And I'm like, I'm fucking going to say what's up. I'm going to be, hey, man, like, I really, like, I loved how you, you know, how, how you were in April 8. It was, it was awesome. And he's like, oh, I'm like, what was it like to work with Tarantino? You know, what was it like to work with Tarantino? He's like, everything you would imagine, man. Super, you know. <laughs> and then we got to talking for like, for we got to talking for like two minutes and I was asking why he was there. He owns like a gin company and he also likes to do antiquing and he lives in LA or, or whatever, or New Jersey. But dude, I had a two minute conversation with a uh, quote unquote celebrity or actor or whatever. And it made my day a little bit and it wouldn't have happened if I didn't just say, Hey dude, what's, what's going on? Approach these people like humans. I will tell you, if you ever meet a celebrity or someone that you, you don't approach them like, Oh, I love you because they'll get scared away too. They, they're humans. They just want to, they want you to be like, Hey, I, you know, I'm Joe, you know, it's, it's super yeah, nice to meet. Normal conversation, like, which they probably yeah. are, are, are don't have drawn a lot to they don't have a lot of because most people will just be freaked out to have that normal conversation. So it's like they they probably are excited to just have niceties yeah. with someone, you know? Yeah, it's always like, can I have an autograph? Can I have a picture? Can I? When you, when when those people feel like all you want is something from them, they're going to respond negatively to that. When you act as though you you can learn something from them of being like. Uh, you know, I'm just going to say hello to this person and I'm going to say thank you for, you know, your contribution to art or music or, or you know, uh, at the acting world. They're going to be like, a oh, nice guy. You know, I'm going to sit and talk to him for a minute. Whereas most of the time they just be like, I can't, I'm sorry, man, I got to go, you know. So, yeah, that's how totally. you're supposed to like, it's human relations is one thing that we don't, like you said, in this anxiety world, Jewish, like, super fucking lacking and it scares the shit out of me for the long term. Like, I don't want to sound like an old man, like that, uh, <laughs> is losing touch, you know, but it just it the is state of worse. humanity. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. Okay. We've come to the end of the free 45 minute version. As you know, now, if you want to get the full rest of the two hours, you got to jump on the Patreon for a free seven day trial. Don't have to pay anything. Jump on the Patreon free seven day trial. And after that, if you want to stay on, it's only five bucks a month. If you want to join here on YouTube, there's no free trial, but you can do that as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks Joe for coming on. I loved recording this episode. Uh, I think it's just has a great flow to it. Uh, I had a good conversation. Uh, I appreciated it. You know, sometimes these episodes, are a bit like tricky with flow, but this one was not at all. We didn't even get to a few of the points that I wanted to talk about just because we were going where it went, letting it be organic, and that's the best way to run these episodes. Again, if you wanna support the show and don't wanna jump on the Patreon, which you should, do it now. Click down below, get on the Patreon. Also, please like this video regardless. Click the like button and uh, you can shop FSNFrankVintage.com, 30% off, code VTG and stuff. That's it. Another episode coming to you Wednesday, every Wednesday. Make sure you follow the channel. Make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you jump on Drew Heifetz's Instagram account and follow along. Thank you all. I love you. See you on the next one.